What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Check the Kick Podcast. I'm the host, Devin. Website is SureDog.com. And we are back. We're going to go ahead and recap UFC 297 and talk about this Vegas card coming up here this weekend. Um, pretty decent weekend for me with picks. I feel like I got most things right, but maybe did not get the outcome all the way right. Uh we're going to get into the Sean Strickland, Drikas Duplessis fight. I feel like I, even though I didn't get the outcome right, I feel like I got that fight right. I hope everyone had a good weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed the fights, got to chill with the family, do whatever you like to do recreationally. Um, I got out to do some fishing. Dev goes fishing. Sorry, handles there. Dev goes fishing. That's my thing outside of MMA. If I'm not working and I'm not doing MMA stuff, I'm out fishing. Um, we're going to get right into it. Drikas Duplessis, South Africa, has a new middleweight champion. Um, pretty interesting fight. I still think Drikas Duplessis, is, is, he's officially the, the best worst fighter to ever exist, in my opinion. Um he is, I wouldn't even call him a technical brawler. He had great body kicks in this fight. His forward pressure is something that, you know, has broken a lot of his opponents. It, it clearly broke Robert Whitaker and Darren Till, Trevin Giles, and, and all of his previous opponents. His forward pressure did not break Sean Strickland in this fight. Um, this fight was very strange. Sean Strickland went out, got on, you know, got on the front foot, used the teep kicks, checked lots of kicks. There was a very slick um, kick check that Sean Strickland did. I don't remember what round it was in, honestly. I recently watched I watched the fight back yesterday again. Um, he checked one of Drikas' kicks with his rear foot. I thought that was pretty dope, pretty technical stuff from Strickland. Um, his jab is always on point, you know, his his – he got cut from a head clash kind of in the clinch where Drikas was attempting a takedown in the fourth. But the whole fight, Sean Strickland's jab was on fire. Anytime he threw his right hand, he had success whenever he threw the right hand. Um, you know, I wouldn't say wobbled Drikas, but definitely caused him to reset multiple times. Drikas Duplessis is, is a guy that, again, I will die on the whole saying he's the best worst fighter to exist in, in my opinion at this point. Um, Gets his legs crossed, very herky-jerky, um, throws big overhands, switching stances, but had a lot of success just moving forward on Sean Strickland. Um, I scored the fight round one for Sean Strickland, round two for Sean Strickland, round three and round four for Duplessis, and round five for Sean Strickland. I think Sean Strickland clearly won rounds one and five. I think Drikas Duplessis clearly won round four. Um the judge that scored the fight for Sean Strickland actually scored one, three, and five. Um, verdict would, does the global scorecard, but those are scored by fans, so it's a little bit biased. Um, scored the fight for Sean Strickland. MMA decisions was split about 50-50. Um, so again, an extremely close fight. I think Drikas Duplessis fought the best fight he possibly could and won it by a hair. I think Sean Strickland did not fight the best fight he could fight. Um, he has that same 
Jorge Masvidal, that young veteran mentality where if he's not getting lumped up and hurt, he probably just doesn't feel like he's losing. Where through the third round, especially, like he just wasn't letting it go. He let Drikas take the front foot. Sean Strickland is not a back foot counter puncher. He does his best work moving forward and he moved forward the whole first round. He got away from the teeps. Sean Strickland, you know, he he showed this in his Israel Adesanya fight, and he showed in this fight, at least through the first round, that just teep kicking would force Drikas off on the back foot. Sean Strickland has a lot of great attacks that start combinations. You know, his his jab is great, but he just didn't follow up behind. Eric Nixick is an amazing coach, but I don't think his corner lit him up enough. I think that they should have been a lot more like, hey, dude, get the fuck out there and, and go get on this dude. That's what you do. You are a pressure fighter. Go, you know, go put this dude under the broiler and and, and watch him cook. He just gave Drikas too many opportunities, even in the fifth round. Bloodied, bloodied from a head clash, taking a bunch of body kicks from Drikas. When Sean Strickland just started brawling with Drikas, he won the brawl. I just don't think he did enough. I don't know if he was comfortable. Sean Strickland doesn't seem like a dude that's intimidated by the moment. Um, And he still clearly won, clearly won two rounds where Drikas clearly won one. And I I hate to see fights like this where in a five-round fight, one guy clearly wins one round, that being Drikas. One guy clearly wins two rounds, that being Sean Strickland. And then, you know, the other two rounds just kind of be skewed, where you could see it 48-47 one way, 48-47 another way. Um, it's not a robbery, but I do truly believe the judges got this fight wrong. Um, and I'm trying to be non-biased about it because I don't like to be wrong with my picks. But again, I do truly believe that Sean Strickland won this fight. Um, Drikas Duplessis had great takedowns. Sean Strickland hit a really brilliant switch. Sean Strickland's takedown defense. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best, but his get-up game was great. So that, you know, if you don't have great takedown defense, you better you better be a really good scrambler, and you better be able to get to your feet right away. There was one moment where they locked up Sean Strickland tried to go for like a takedown or some sort of body lock and, and Drikas was able to get him, get him down to the ground. Drikas is clearly freaking strong as hell. He's a super athlete. He's going to give a lot of dudes problems just because it's middleweight. Um, you know, if Drikas Duplessis was a 55er, he would have been, he would have got iced five, six fights ago. But since he is at middleweight, a division with, you know, Love Sean Strickland to death, but Sean Strickland was the champion at middleweight. He's a good technician, but not the, you know, middleweight doesn't have the best fighters in MMA. I will just say that. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, what Drikas does next because some back foot counter puncher is going to ice him. It's going to happen but it's a lot less likely because he's the middleweight champion of the world. Um, Somebody, you know, uh, it's a, someone that's a great counter puncher that comes to mind. Someone like Conor McGregor with that, just pull back left hand or Dustin Poirier's pull back, check right hook. Um, 
someone's going to ice him for it. Maybe it's Jared Cannonier. Maybe it's Israel Adesanya. Um, but maybe not. Adesanya, you know, is a very willing back foot fighter. And Drikas Duplessis will take the front foot on everybody. And if you don't kill him, he will continue to move forward. Um, great body kicks from Drikas. He, he's he is a guy that just runs on pure will. In 2024, Drikas Duplessis is the middleweight champion. And if you just look at him on paper, if if someone just showed you tape of Drikas Duplessis, you would think this guy's not a good fighter, but he clearly is. And I'm hate to say this, I'm still not 100% sold on him. Um, <laughs> in his post-fight interview in the cage he said hey who says i don't have five round cardio like dude you lost the fifth round sean strickland was winging the ugliest overhands and still landing on you um but kudos to him the dude literally in his last two fights he, he finished robert whitaker and went out there and had a war with with sean strickland um i think sean strickland left too much on the table here he got away from what was successful after the first round well, really halfway through the second round, he kind of got away from his teeps and he got off. You got to throw the right hand. Your jab sets up your combinations. He's got incredible vision, great jabs. And what Drikas started to do was, you know, Drikas was throwing these big blitzing two punch combinations and Sean Strickland will put his hands out and, and kind of lean back. So Drikas just bullishly, made those two comp two punch combinations into four punch combinations and he finished with the body kick and a lot of it was getting rolled and you know he's caught shoulder rolling under stuff but you know moving forward throwing big shots whether they could be bouncing off the shoulders getting blocked the little clash of heads causing sean strickland to bleed the judges don't the judges have a worse view of these fights than we do at home when we're watching them on our TV screens. And I don't think people realize that. There's, you know, next time you're standing next to a chain link fence, you know, stand 10 feet back and, and just look through it. And there's gonna be blind spots and stuff. So um it's a it's a very visual, it's a very visual game, the way that it's scored and, and damage and, and it's really impact those big bullish punches from you know Drikas definitely look more impactful than just sean sticking him with a nice clean jab um there Drikas's face is all effed up and his eye he's not fighting people are saying he's gonna fight at ufc 300 yeah he's not gonna um dana white even said he thought strickland won the fight i know that's a terrible parameter of who who you know don't <laughs> don't trust dana white for anything um yeah, it's just I'm not lost for words, but I'm a little bit upset as someone that picked Sean Strickland because to me, after watching this fight, if they rematch again, I kind of would have even more faith in Strickland because he has the tools to beat someone like Duplessis. And uh, again, a back foot counter puncher. Is he's gonna end up? Duplessis will get knocked out within his next three fights. He can't. You just, I mean, at the UFC level, you just can't have that style of fighting forever. I mean, unless your name is Habib Nurmagomedov, with an incredible grappling game 
and incredible athleticism to fall back on. Um, Drikas is an incredible grappler, but nothing, you know, nowhere near Habib. And he's, yeah, he just leaves himself way too open, leave, makes so many mistakes, but it's fun. His fights are incredibly fun. Um, a flawless fighter is not always an entertaining fighter. And all of Drikas's fights have been brawls. All of them have been fun as hell. There is no boring Drikas Duplessis fight. You know, his title reign is not going to look like, you know, those Adesanya Vittori fights. And he called for Adesanya. Alex Pajera said, hey, um, maybe I'll come back down to 185. That's that's the dude that might be a nightmare for someone like Drikas. Um, just a crafty, crafty puncher. Um, that's huge. Drikas isn't taking a left hook from Alex. I'll tell you that right now. Um, no one is. Ask everyone. Everyone that's fought him. Hamza Chemaev has stated that he was guaranteed a title fight after he beat Usman. I'm a pretty big Hamzat fan, but the uh, tweets, the pictures of him always being sick. Anytime somebody wins a belt, Israel Adesanya won the belt, I'm coming for you. Sean Strickland won the belt, I'm coming for you. Alex Pajera won the belt, I'm coming for you. Drikas Duplessis won the belt, I'm coming for you. Um, John Jones, I'm coming for you. It's getting to the point where it's like, shouldn't get off the pot. Um, you, for Hamzat Chemaev, he, he's got a friendship with the dictator and a warlord so he can't even get into the united states and fight here um so he he needs to figure out the dude left sweden he's in the uae now so i'm very unsure about hamzat's future um he said he's ready to fight on ufc 300 it's you know he's even my my middleweight pick for the sure dog fantasy mma i don't know what's gonna happen with that dude um Hate to say it, but I don't know what's going to happen. I would be very interested in watching Drikas Duplessis fight Jared Cannonier. I think that is a low-key banger of a fight. You could stick that as a co-main under, you know, a 205-pound title fight. Maybe you, you know, two, three, four months down the line, maybe we get Alex Pajara versus Jamal Hill as the main event. Drikas versus Cannoneer as the co-main. Cannoneer deserves it. He's coming off of a good win over Marvin Vittori. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Roman Delize and Imovov. They're fighting this weekend. I don't think the winner of that gets a title fight. I think the winner of that needs to win two more fights or maybe at least one more fight in impressive fashion. Brennan Allen is out there winning fights. Um, Israel Adesanya, I don't know what he's up to. He reacted to this fight. But again, I'm not sure what a Israel Adesanya reaction to a fight means. Um, you know, he got kind of embarrassed by Sean Strickland and then kind of, you know, took a hiatus and then he had those legal issues. So we'll see. Alex Pajara said he could cut back down to 185 again. I know I just said that. I'm curious to see what that means. Um, but I don't think that's happening. I mean, unless Drikas goes out there and beats Adesanya, then I could see that totally making sense. But Alex is a dude that's just here for big fights and money um, and legacy. So I, it, could, it, it might make sense. Um, 
or or a rematch with Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland is a huge star. He he, I mean, you guys know what's going on with him. Yeah, he may say some things that we all don't agree with, but he, he's bringing in the numbers. His go to YouTube and look at anything with Sean Strickland related. It's popping off. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy for Drikas. South Africa has a champion, you know, he's, I guess, the first champion that trains and lives in Africa full time. So that's cool for the continent of Africa. This, you know, Drikas gets a couple wins under his belt. They could do a fight card in Africa, him versus Adesanya. Um, we'll see. I have a feeling this middleweight belt is, it, it's going to look like the light heavyweight belt, I think, for quite a while now. Um, I think it's just going to get, you know, hot potatoed from from one dude to the next. And that's kind of fun, in my opinion. Um, so let's see. Let me know what you guys think should be next for the new middleweight champion. And then um, for Sean Strickland, uh, you know, he, he's fought a lot of guys. He's very close fight with Jared Cannonier that he lost via split decision. Another one where I thought he won. Um you know, he, he could he could fight a Hamzat Chemaev, but I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. What's good for Strickland is he's he's always a phone call away. He's willing to fight on a moment's notice. You know, I'm recording this on January 22nd on Monday. The dude's posting on his Instagram story up a ladder on the side of his house for replacing his AC. The dude's is as blue collar as they come. So he's willing to take on any he's willing to take on anyone. And, and I'm happy for him. He got paid um supposedly payouts are like you got paid like 1.4 million so good for him um and I i'm happy for both the guys they both got paid drikas got the belt sean strickland got the money he likes and yeah, it is what it is there were plenty of things to talk about um i didn't pick the co-main event when i did my show last week for you guys i did not talk about Meyer buonasova and raquel pennington and um, this, the fight is exactly why I didn't talk about it. It was worse than expected. Bad fight. Bad division. Just get rid of it. What are we doing? I, I don't want to ever watch someone lose their job. But man, oh man. Um, it, it's very funny. Sidebar. Watching Amanda Nunes give Tisha Torres a congratulatory hug in the crowd. And then the very next day post on her social media that she wants to come back and get her belt. Um, the only thing that this fight, the co-main event signifies is now we're going to still have to hear from Juliana Pena. Um, but moving on to a real LOL funny moment of the night. Um, Neil Magny gets a third round TKO finish over Mike Malott. Um Mike Malott, my I, I was about one minute into the third round. I started started to type this tweet that says something along the lines of um, Mike Malott is cleanly winning this fight and I still don't care about him. Um, and after this fight, in a weird, messed up way, I actually care more about him than I did before. He was definitely being hyped up. It's It's one of those things. The UK does this with their guys. Ireland does it with their guys. Um, a, a lot of these different countries outside of the u.s do this with their guys where they're you know in my opinion they may be a little bit overhyped based on a fan base compared to their actual abilities 
Um, the UK is notorious for this. Um, Irish MMA is very notorious for this. You got guys like Reese McKee, stuff like that. Um, they're an Irish superstar. Can't get a win in the UFC. Um, and, and Mike Malott, unfortunately, you know, is trending towards that way where you look at the dude's record and it's like, man, he got iced by Hakeem Dawadu. Um, his best win before Neil Magny was Mickey Gall. And he did everything right. The tape study to beat Neil Magny is there. And I liked his game plan. You know, he, he kind of took a combination of the Ian Gary fight and the Santiago Ponzinibbio fight, and he kind of mixed that with the Gilbert Burns fight and the Shavkat Rachmanov fight. Party missed was his cardio. Um, it, it was very funny because Neil Magny was just like, in a fight, Neil Magny's been in so many fights and he's, you know, as of lately kind of been on the wrong end of shit kickings where you, you look at the dude's record and, and this this really looked like the Hector Lombard fight where Neil Magny's really, really tough. Look at the Ian Gary fight. Ian Gary took his lunch money over and over again. Neil Magny did not quit on himself. This fight was really strange. It almost seemed like it was Neil Magny's plan to... uh I tweeted, oh, once Neil Magny started to actually fight, he won. That's kind of how this was. Um, Mike Mallott was getting the takedowns, getting the control, landing the kicks. Um, Mike Mallott also does not have any boxing in boxing range. He's got good kicks from the outside. He's fast and he can explode into the pocket. He's got decent takedowns. Um, he's a striking coach, which I find confusing. Um but Neil, I'm going to give him his middle name. It's Neil fucking Magny. It's like I'm, uh, I'm two minutes left in the third round. Neil Magny gets a takedown. And Mike Malott, it's like one of those animes or those movies where like his soul got sucked straight out of his body. He looked like a ghost. And, and Magny just got top control, got into full mount and just started punching his head off. And there was about like 25, 30 unanswered punches. And the ref comes in and just stops. It. And it's like Mike Malott literally, I mean, it, it was like an air, hot air balloon with a little gas, you know, part that's creating the fire just went out. And the air just disappeared and fell straight to the ground. That's what happened to Mike Malott here. Um, shout out to Neil Magna. He's got great cardio. He's, he's a freaking just a G. Great cardio tough as fuck you have to take neil magny out of a fight if you let him hang around this can happen to you um if you're a fighter that's listening to this you're probably no fighters probably listen to this but if you do and you end up fighting neil magny um if you don't get him out of there be ready for this to be ready for the third round of your fight to look like this fight he's done it to plenty of people go through his record he's got finishes that's what he can do to people um a little bit of a um Fraud check. Hate to use that term, but um, and you never want to say someone got exposed, but like Mike Malat got exposed here, guys. Um, not sure what's next for him. He he's and, and all these male Canadian fighters, you know, Jillian Robertson went out there and just freaking punched Pollyanna Viana's head off after failing on an arm bar. Jasmine Jazdavicius. 
the strike differential in her fight with Priscilla Cachoeira was like 300 to three. She absolutely just beat the living shit out of Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, but the, the Canadian men went like Owen seven, all of them lost Charles Jordan, all, all of them, all of them. And all of them are in kind of setup fights. Like this was a setup fight for Mike Malott and Neil Magny knew that going in, but Neil Magny came, he did the thing. Um, he shit in everyone's apple pie. He, I mean, how many people do you think were ripping up their tickets? Mike Malott was probably a, a, in a lot of people's parlays. It's Neil fucking Magny. That's what he does. What's next for him? I don't know. Whatever he wants. What's next for Mike Malott? Uh, a big step back. Maybe someone like Gabe Green. That would make sense to me. Um. Maybe a guy like Johan Lioness that just got choked out in like two seconds. See, those are the kind of dudes. And just because you're hyped up and, and you've got a lot of fans and you come from a place that doesn't really have a lot of stars, that's looking for that next, you know, GSP, um, looking for that next Conor McGregor, doesn't always mean you're good. Um, and if uh, Mike Malott was just another dude training at Killcliffe, he might not have got this opportunity. So, I mean, it, it works in both ways. It really does. Where if, you know, you can be that guy, you know, like Shavkat Rachmanov, Kazakh fighter. How many Kazakh fighters are on the UFC roster? Not many. But Shavkat Rachmanov is 17-0 with 17 finishes. He's standing on that. And then you got guys like Reese McKee, who's, you know, a, a, got a lot of fans in the UK. Can't win a fight in the UFC. Mike Malott's kind of right there in between. Um, hope the best for the kid. Hopefully the kid. He's probably the same age as me. The guy. Um, hopefully he can get a good bounce back fight. And and cl clearly he needs to be slow rolled. And again, Neil Magny, whatever the guy wants, give him whatever he wants. He deserves it. Final fight from UFC 297. We're going to talk about Dana White said it was the most boring fight on the card. Um, I think he probably just did the same thing I did and, and took a piss break during the co-main event. Because if he, he, there's no way he watched the co-main event if he thinks this fight was the most boring fight on the card. Um, a, a lot of <laughs> this card actually had quite a bit of just what, what I'll say. I don't want to call them bad fights, but uh, I, I, I thought. Uh, I thought the Charles Jordan Sean Woodson fight was not that great. Um, the Brad Katona Garrett Armfield fight was OK, but um, we're here to talk about Evloev. Versus Arnold Allen. Evlov gets the decision win unanimous. 29-28. Um, I scored the fight for Evlov. There's a lot of people um, on social media that has seemed to scored the fight for Arnold Allen. Upon looking further into those people, coming to find out a lot of those people are European. So there may be a little bit of biases there. Um, unfortunately, in today's world, a lot of the Russian MMA fighters just get unwarranted hate. Um, you know, if you're Russian, they're they're already getting graded on a downward curve, so it, it's going to be hard. If if you if you're non-biased or you like Russian fighters, that's one thing. But a lot of the Russian fighters seem to just you know get a lot of hate, and they all get categorized in the same lay and pray. Um, Evloev's wrestling is some of the best in the UFC. His mat returns, his scramble ability. Arnold Allen was hitting Gramby rolls over and over again. It was super impressive. Um, Evlo have caught and hurt 
Arnold Allen dropped him with a jab at one point. Um, it was a very close fight. Arnold Allen had tons of success. Those knees were questionable. Um, and, and everybody seems to have their own defining rules. Um, what I think is interesting is regardless of the lead, the knees being legal or illegal in the moment, if the ref comes in to stop a fight due to an illegal blow and that, f- and those blows that are deemed illegal impact the fight, a point should probably be taken away. I'm not saying that the strikes were illegal or legal. I'm saying that once the ref deems them illegal, he shouldn't give a hard warning. If the ref stops the fight, clears the knees illegal, they causes a clear cut on Evloev's head, Evloev's bleeding, a point probably should be taken because that's what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm on the fence about the knees, to be honest. Um, depending on the rule set, depending on the location, depends on, you know, is it a hand on the ground? Is it a palm on the ground? Is it the fingertips on the ground? Is it just a point of contact to the ground? Depends on where the, where the fights are taking place. That's just stupid. If you ask me, there should just be knees to a grounded opponent. Screw it. Um, just the same same rules as one FC, or sorry, one championship. Um, yeah, they, they allow knees to the head. Ask Demetrius Johnson about it. They're fun. He likes them. He hates them. Whatever. But I... I feel bad for Arnold Allen in a way because the dude fought Max Holloway and Movsar Evloev back to back. Evloev's undefeated and Max Holloway's Max Holloway. Um, and clearly Arnold Allen is good enough to keep up with the, maybe not Max Holloway, but clear in a five round fight. Um, Evloev's going to have some problems. He He's lost third rounds to people. You know, we, we already talked about Hakeem Duwadu. But go watch Movsar Evlov's fight with Hakim Duwadu, where he started getting tagged up and wobbled in the third round of their fight. He loses a lot of third rounds. This step up in competition, being 17-0, and 0, um, and being as good as he is, he really needs to get that under control. He's going to always be, you know, he an M1, M1 Global, he fought as a bantamweight. He was a bantamweight champion in the UFC. He's fighting at 45. So... He, he needs to get that under control. He really needs to figure out how to put a stamp on things or figure out how to not gas out. I don't want to say gas out, but use too much of his energy through the first couple rounds of a fight. Um, his mat returns look great. His grappling looked great. Um, it, it was all great, but flagging like that and dropping a third round, it, it's going to bite him one day. It didn't bite him, you know, this past weekend against Arnold Allen, but it's going to bite him one day. Um, I think Evloev could have trusted his striking a little bit more and probably let his hands go a little bit more in this fight. Um, whenever he let his hands go, he would land clean on Arnold Allen and get reactions out of him. Again, he, he buzzed Arnold Allen at one point in this in this fight. What's next for him? Um, I'd like him to face like a Josh Emmett, a guy that has great takedown defense and can absolutely fucking blast someone in the pocket. Um, or maybe the winner of Yair versus Ortega. Those are my, I think those are the two best options for him, especially with Max Holloway um, moving up to 55 to fight Justin Gaethje. I, I would love to see Evloa scramble and wrestle with Brian Ortega if he gets through Yair. I actually think Yair is probably going to beat him. Um, so him versus Yair would be tons of fun. 
or him versus Josh Emmett. I think those are the two best fights for him because he, he's one more. He called for a title shot. I don't think he's there yet. He, he's one fight away, especially if Topuria beats Volk. You know Volk's going to get a rematch. Um, and I'm not 100% sure Volk's going to beat Topuria. I'm very on the fence with that fight. So that that the, the 145 title picture, this you know, maybe a year before someone outside of Volkanovski and Taporia fight for it. Um, so Evlov, take a fight, get to 18 and 0, and we'll see. I would love to see him fight Ilya Taporia. I think that'd be an amazing fight. Um, and, and at that point, if they both keep winning, they'll both still be undefeated. It'd be incredible. And they both are 17 and 0. Be a cool, very cool thing. Um, Fight was card was all around good. We talked about Jasmine Jazdavicius um putting on a legendary shit kicking over Priscilla Cachuera. I, I was thinking, dang, you need to finish this girl. And she went out there and got the finish. That was awesome. Um uh Siri City and uh, Ramon Tavares um put on a, a great fight. Ramon missed weight for that one, which sucks because that it was an incredible fight. Uh Chris Curtis had a pretty decent fight with Mark Andre Burial. The third round of that fight was great. Jimmy Flick submitted uh, Malcolm Gordon and Malcolm Gordon seemingly retired and and he, he didn't even get a moment in Canada. I kind of feel bad for the dude. Uh, Sam Patterson went out there and easily submitted Johan Lioness. I don't think Johan Lioness is going to be in the UFC much longer. Um, we already talked about Charles Jordan, Sean Woodson. Aren't all around pretty good card, you know, probably besides the co-main event and, and the Armfield Katona fight. Uh, it was an okay card, you know. Um, uh, 298-298 is going to be a hell of a lot of fun, I think, with Volk and Toporia. So we will see. Um, I, I, letter grade, I would a B minus. Acceptable. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. What was your letter grade of this card? That's the show, guys. Check the kick. There's my social media handle. Instagram, Twitter, those places. Give me a buzz. Tell me what you think. Shoot me a DM. Comment on this video. Um, I don't say this at every show, but I'm, I should. Go to SureDog.com. Support the SureDog family. Um, SureDog's a great website. We try to do a ton for you guys. There's plenty more guys that do way better and way more awesome shit than I do. Um, so check out SureDog.com. Listen to Keith and Ben's show. Listen to Sean Sheehan's show. Listen to all the sh shows on SureDog.com. Go to the forums. Go to the website. Check the kick.com. Check the kick.com, suredog.com, check the kick podcast. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>